Yo Pots. Check out Meet Mitch and Leawood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission in Ranch Martin North Shopping Center. Vacations for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931 Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, battery trouble? You might just need a fresh charge, and we can take care of that free of charge. But if it is time for a new battery, we've got replacement batteries that'll fit your needs, starting at just $79.99. You can learn more about our battery selection at AutoZone.com. That's what makes us America's number one battery destination. Get in AutoZone. Claim based on data from the NPD Group 2021. Every day, more sports fans are finding Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3. You can listen to the latest local sports right here. And now you can share your thoughts with us 24-7. Just text 316-247-0923. Want to share your thoughts with the Shane Dennis Show or the Pulse with me, Pat Stropman? Put the new text line in your phone right now. 316-247-0923. Deputy Editor from Arrowhead Report, Jordan Foote, checking in, as he does every Tuesday. Uh, this not like every other Tuesday, though, because it's a Tuesday following the Super Bowl where the Chiefs happen to win 38-35. So, Jordan... How'd that Super Bowl grab you? Um, it was one of the best. I mean, even regardless of, you know, what, what side the Chiefs would have ended up on um, in terms of the outcome, it was a great Super Bowl, man. And the fact that all of the the analytics, the EPA, the completion percentage over expected, all the charts think that it was one of the best quarterback Super Bowls ever. I think it's true. I think it really was one of the better Super Bowls I've watched in my lifetime. I know that's only about a quarter of a century, but still, it was exciting on both sides. It contained two star-level quarterbacks, two really good head coaches, You know, one obviously Hall of Fame head coach right now. Um, it was great. It was awesome. It was everything I expected and then some. I bet the over on that game and did not expect a 38-35 outcome. Um, it, it's a shame that the penalty, or I guess the the miscommunication, um, whatever it was, ticky-tacky, whatever you want to call it, was such a big talking point and still really is from Eagles fans on Twitter. That's unfortunate. Um, it didn't quite ruin what was a great game, put a little damper on it, but still, man, it was a fantastic Super Bowl. Are you talking about the hold on James Bradbury? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What did you think about it? Because I was going to ask you about it anyway. What did you think? I mean, it's one of those things where it's people want the game to be consistently called, and there was a more obvious and more egregious, um, not factoring in the situation, holding call earlier in the game that wasn't called. And it ruined the Chiefs' drive in that first half where they could have been putting up some more points. Um, It could have factored into the outcome of the game. If the Chiefs don't end up coming back and they're one possession short of coming back, people are going to point to that and say that their drive got robbed, they got robbed, yada, yada. Like separating all of the fans on Twitter and their anger from it, you'd like there to be consistency. And I think that, these guys aren't robots. These gals aren't robots. They have to take context into account sometimes. And I'm kind of, maybe it's old fashioned and maybe it's kind of, I don't know if it's the right way to look at it, but I think you let the players play sometimes and you set that precedent early in the game. And especially later in the game, if you were doing it early on, you keep that consistent. It's like a strike zone. If you have the strike zone wide to begin Keep it that way the whole time if you're the home plate umpire. Don't switch it up after someone doesn't like it, unless you're just blatantly doing your job poorly. And you could argue that earlier in the game, the refs weren't doing a fantastic job. I don't think it was a incredibly greatly officiated game, um, but you would like some consistency there. So, yes, it was a hold. Yes, I've seen a lot worse. Yes, it was at a big point of the game. I think you still do call that there, but given that, they were letting players get away with more earlier on. You would have liked to kind of see that go, even though it did end up in the Chiefs' favor, I think. Well, I'd like to think that the officials just miss calls from time to time instead of, yeah. quote, letting, letting, play, letting plays go or letting it go because, to me, swallowing the whistle is more egregious than just missing calls to begin with. Yeah, no, and that's true. And you want to – the people say you can call holding on every play, and some people actually need it. Obviously, it's not true, but – there are a lot that you just miss. And regardless of how many people you have out there, you're going to miss something. <laughs> you are not right there. You don't have the live replay telling you what's going on. Um, they, they aren't to the point to where people are yelling in their ears, hey, you have to throw that. Like, it's a very, very tough job, and I don't think people take that into account often enough. It is incredibly hard. I would like to see the common person get even a whole year of training and then go out there and try to do the job. Incredibly difficult, incredibly tough, not a lot of margin for error, not much time to do it. You're really reacting to live bullets being fired out there. Um, It's tough. So you would like to be consistent. You would like to hit on all the calls. I do think that missing or just not calling stuff and setting that precedent is worse than being ticky-tacky because if you're ticky-tacky, at least you're going by the book. And there's no real – the book doesn't tell you to let the players be physical and let them play. Now, as a football fan and someone who likes watching the game, whether it's basketball, football, whatever, I don't mind when that happens. But from an officiating standpoint, the book tells you to call something that you see. And if it's holding on five plays in a row, if you see that, then you call it. So that definitely is worse than uh, being a little ticky-tacky and making some people upset. I'm pretty sure, too, that uh, when D. Ford lined up offsides but didn't have anything to do with the play, they didn't pick up the flag and say, eh, I'll just swallow the whistle. It, no big deal. No, it was a yeah. big deal. He threw an interception, but also D. Ford lined up offsides. So if it's a foul, it's a foul. And that's where I come out on that. Um, yeah. How about how about that Chiefs run game? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it was 
it was something, man. I think they played all season long. So going back to the beginning of the season, um, you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire being pretty much the unquestioned number one guy. I know that some people online wanted Isaiah Pacheco to do it. But, like, in the eyes of the Chiefs, he was going to be the guy. And this is a kid, meaning Isaiah Pacheco, that comes in, does take a grown man's job, had some inconsistent vision, had some things that he needed to work on in order to be, quote-unquote, that guy atop the depth chart. The Chiefs really operated, and I don't have the exact number of snaps they went under center with, but they really played a game that everyone criticized Andy Reid on um, in the past, that he didn't have the clock management. He wouldn't commit to running the ball. The Chiefs ran the ball 26 times, and yeah, Patrick Mahomes had six of them, but you're giving your running back 15 carries in the Super Bowl, and it's not like you're just trying to salt away a lead the whole game. You actually were trying to come back as well. Right. Those are two different yep. things. Like the Chiefs in the past, when they get down even seven points, let alone ten points, they will abandon that running game. And they'll run it once every few drives. You've seen entire drives where either they go three and out because it was three really poorly drawn up passing plays or they pick up first down, then have a three and out there. Um, the Chiefs were committing to running the ball. Pacheco – Without that 24-yard run, he's looking at 14 for 52. So, I mean, he wasn't incredibly effective, but he made enough plays to where it made a difference. And Derek McKinnon had four carries for 34 yards. The Chiefs running backs have a really good one-two punch right now. I still think they need something else in the offseason, and I don't think uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair is really benefiting him to stick around at this point. Now, because of the price point, because of the investment, I don't think it's going to kill the Chiefs to keep him around. I also have minor reservations about Pacheco as a bell cow long-term solution. I think he's just a solid to good running back right now, and he can improve. Um, But in the Super Bowl, man, he showed up. And for a rookie to do that and someone to get the ball 15 times in the biggest game of their life and not have really one bad rep per se, I think he missed the hole on one play. Um, outside of that, really, really, really impressed by that whole run game in general. Talking to Jordan Foote, deputy editor at Arrowhead Report, talking Chiefs, of course. And if there are uh, T-shirts out there of Burrowhead my ass, and I'm sure there are, then the offensive linemen for the Chiefs ought to be making T-shirts uh, pretty much right now. No sacks. Hassan Reddick, one tackle. Fletcher Cox, one tackle. You got an explanation for all that? I I think part of it, and I'm just going to address the elephant in the room because people are going to ask everyone about it. People are still talking about it. The Eagles seem to have more difficulty than the Chiefs did. The field was bad. The field? Yeah. I, I think when you have a pass rush that's really predicated upon speed and athleticism along the edge, that is going to play a role. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, I, of course, and I've said this before, the injury is never – a blessing in disguise, like it's never going to make him a better player, but I think it made him a smarter player. He was taking shorter uh, drops in the pocket. His drop depth was not a problem like it has been in years past. He was getting, he was taking those couple hitches and getting the ball out ASAP, whether he was pressured or not. And next-gen stats says he was pressured 25.9% of the time on his dropbacks, which sounds like a big number, but that was the first game since week 12 where the Eagles weren't over 34%. And that was a record eight games in a row. And it's not like with the Chiefs tackles. We talked about it last week, and we talked about it the week before with uh, Cincinnati, or I guess the week before that. 
they don't have a ton of athleticism at the tackle spot. Orlando Brown Jr. is a fine player, but he gets beat up the arc pretty easily. Andrew Wiley, not the most athletic player. When Mahomes is dropping 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, taking those big drops, that makes it impossible for just about anybody to adjust to it. I know that Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz kind of got used to it over time. Um, but Mahomes was getting the ball out quickly. He wasn't dropping back too far. That was a big part of it. I think the field was a minor part of it. And then I think also the two tackles just stepped up and answered to the assignment. And the interior was as good as it has been all year. This was the level of performance that people expected from the Chiefs offensive line heading into the year. They didn't put together a ton of them like that during the season, but kind of like special teams to an extent and kind of like the defense, they were playing complete football when it mattered the most, and that's all you can ask for through the Chiefs. Talking to Jordan Foote, talking Chiefs. Um, were you surprised that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was inactive? When he talked during Super Bowl week, he made it sound like he was going to play. Yeah, a little bit, and I think the fact that – and people said, well – why don't you ride the hot hand with Pacheco and McKinnon? I'm like, they could have rode the hot hand with them and still made him active for the Super Bowl. You, you can draft someone in the first round and make him a healthy scratch, but it doesn't look good in that Super Bowl a couple of years later. And the fact that he was a healthy scratch, wasn't on the injury report, didn't have a designation, that is a bad look. And the fact that Ronald Jones played all of what, I think I tweeted 38 snaps in the regular season. Yes, that's a few more than ever Delaire got in the past few months. But still, if that guy's been practicing, if that guy knows the playbook, if that guy's healthy, if that guy's in a good spot with the coaching staff, I, I don't get why you don't keep him out there. And with Blake Bell being inactive, that opened up the spot instead of four tight ends. You can keep four running backs. Like I, I get where the Chiefs are coming from. And personally, I don't really think it made a difference one way or another because it's not like Ronald Jones was getting snaps anyway. Um, the Chiefs still won the game. But it's weird. It, the vibe is not good with the Chiefs and Edwards Alaire. I think Jarek McKinnon right now is at worst the same level of player as him. I think Isaiah Pacheco is at worst a better running back than him, maybe not the receiving threat. Um, but neither one of them very proficient in pass protection. Pacheco is younger, he's more athletic, he's healthier. And he's also under contract for longer. So I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to cut or trade Clyde edwards Blair, but I would not be surprised if they found a way to move on from him this offseason just based on the season, based on the year before, and based on you know what happened in the Super Bowl, or I guess what didn't happen in the Super Bowl. Where's Eric Bieniemy going to be next season? It's a tough one, man, because now Arizona has their guy, Indy has their guy, Baltimore I'm 99.9% sure hired an OC earlier today. So you're looking at Washington, and I've kind of thought over the past month that it was going to be them all along. Um, Ron Rivera is from that Eric Bieniemy tree. He has familiarity with him. I think they would get along pretty well, but also have a couple different personalities to where it would work out. Um, I think it's going to be Washington. I, I don't. I'm not as confident now as I was a little while ago, but that's ironic because they're reportedly in the process of setting up an interview with him. And I didn't think that the enemy would be open to making that uh, lateral move. But I think also, and this isn't fair because of his resume, because of what people have said about him, all good stuff. It, it sucks, but that lateral move might be 
his only way of getting a head coaching job at this point. Like, he's not getting old. He's only 53. But at a certain point, that hype can only be there for so long. And it seems like every year around this time, it gets it gets really high, and then it completely dies down, and people kind of forget about it. So I think it's, it's I think it's already died down, comparatively speaking, from a couple of years yeah. ago. I, th- I think that ship has maybe already sailed. Yeah, I think last year was, if not his best shot, it was the year before. Like, that 2021-2022 stretch was, like, peak. Now it's like, okay, let's let's get this guy a job and hope that he can get one. And now it's like, okay, it's just not going to happen. Like, people are going to concede to that, and I don't know if it ever is, but I do think the, the chances of it happening go up mm-hmm. if he goes somewhere else and has success. And that's another thing. Like, what if he goes to Washington and they start Sam Howell, a quarterback, all year, and they suck? And he doesn't yeah. look good, and the enemy's quote unquote system doesn't work out. That doesn't look good. Like he has the track record and success as an OC in Kansas City, but he doesn't have the solo control and the solo credit. And I feel like he's going to obviously sacrifice a great deal of the former in order to get the latter if he goes to Washington. But regardless of whether it works out or not, I think he might have to just do that. Talking to Jordan Foote, um, you watch football games with a different lens than most fans. Um, so I feel like this question is fair to ask you, and I'm curious myself. Justin Reed basically replaced Tyron Matthew. How did he do? I thought he was fine. Uh, it, it's tough because 2022 Tyron Matthew was not 2021 Tyron Matthew or 2020 Tyron Matthew. Like when he first got onto the scene in Kansas City, man, he was really, 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 really good. And he allowed Steve Spagnuolo to really have a bunch of options on defense. He could play in the slot. He could play in the box. He could play, you know, a single high. He could play too high. He could substitute in as a linebacker. He could do anything they wanted, and he would do it with athleticism. He would do it with smarts. He would do it with uh, an attitude and aggression. He was a fantastic leader. Like, I, I think, and who knows whether – the athleticism kind of bug or the age bug or the injury bug bit him. By all accounts, he had a better year in New Orleans than most people thought he would and really made an impact on the defense. Now, he wasn't peak Chiefs form or anything. Um, Justin Reed, I'm going to be honest, he wasn't very good for a big part of the year, and he wasn't a liability or anything, but he just didn't seem comfortable. And I think towards the end of the year, he started attacking downhill better. He started taking better angles. He started trusting the guys around him more. And I think part of that's the defense, too. The Chiefs played a ton of too high throughout the year in order to protect those young cornerbacks. And your safeties can only do so much when they're in too high. Justin Reed was never going to be the one-for-one slot cornerback substitute that Tyron Matthew could be. He's a bigger player. He's always going to be different than Tyron Matthew was. Um, I think long-term they can still get the value out of that contract. I don't think his high is ever going to be as high as Matthew was. Now, compared to 2022, like you said, replacing that version of Matthew, I think he did an okay job. So, uh, Andy Reid, what's his shelf life? I know uh, you were uh, locked in on his comments really recently about EB and and otherwise, but uh, says he's going to hang around, quote-unquote, for how long? How, how, how do you get the feel that uh, that Andy Reid is in this for a super long haul or maybe just a handful more years? Yeah, I think it's just a handful. And that that's not um, 
impacted whatsoever by what was said before, uh, leading up to and right after the Super Bowl. Like, I, I never got that. And Jay Glazer does good work, don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying that he fabricates anything because he doesn't. But he misinterpreted Reed's response, I think, and Reed kind of left the door open more than he intended to. Um, he said today he did a presser about, heck, an hour ago and said, like, he had been asked a billion times about retirement and then kind of gave Jay Glazer, like, a tongue-in-cheek type answer where he just wanted to move on and didn't mm-hmm. really express it the way he wanted to. Um, I totally buy that. Like, I think that there's it's kind of a non-story at this point. I think he was always coming back. Brett Beach confirmed today on the Pat McAfee show they never had that conversation about him retiring. With that said, though, and people want to bring up that he's six years younger than Bill Belichick or six and a half years younger than Pete Carroll. Like, in terms of age specifically, he could finish out the decade in Kansas City if he wanted to and finish out the Mahomes contract and finish all that out. Mahomes is going to be there long term. I don't really see him going anywhere. Um, But I don't think Reed stays longer than – what would the over-under be for you? Like, if I set the over-under at three and a half years, would you take – Longer than three and a half or shorter than three and a half? Um, uh, just barely more. That's exactly where I would put it, too. I would say four years. I think that sounds about right. And Mahomes said a couple, and everyone said, oh, it's only two years. Like, it, it's not <laughs> that people read way too much into this. I think Andy Reid, if he's head coaching the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in 2028, I would be a little bit surprised. But that gives them the 23 season, the 24 season, the 25 season 26 after that i guess if it's 2027 and he's still head coaching the chiefs i'd be a little bit surprised now he could and people want to bring up the health stuff i try to stay away from that because a we don't really know mm-hmm. the 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 complete details of that and andy Reid, you know everyone says oh well, he's a bigger guy and all that stuff it's frankly annoying that they bring that up andy Reid is 60 i think four years old he mentally is as young as ever. He clearly loves his job a ton. Um, he can still do his job at an insanely high level. So I think as long as he wants to, God willing, he can coach as long as he as long as he can, as long as he thinks it's fun. I think if he has Mahomes, um, it met, might coincide maybe with Travis Kelsey. If Kelsey has four more years in him, and maybe he plays longer and, and Reed sees kind of the, the fall off of the team per se and doesn't want to usher in the new wave, of players, I think they keep him young. He keeps himself young. He's happy. He's good at his job. Um, I think it's longer than two years, but shorter than five years. I'll, I'll give you that. How about some Royals talk next week? Okay. I, I'd be down for that. It's something about pitchers and catchers reporting today, and there's this thing called spring training that they're doing, or maybe it's tomorrow. Something, Something's happening this spring, and I may or may not have uh, – that was it Pakota projected them at like 63 and a half it's something yeah. ridiculous for this season it's that always seems to be the case but even other sites and the Vegas odds have them at like 69 and a half so we definitely could chat something about that absolutely we'll do it and we thank the Chiefs for taking us all the way up to spring training so uh, seamlessly shifting from the Chiefs to the Royals with Jordan Foote we'll do it again next Tuesday thanks Jordan as always have a great week bud Yep, you too, Paul. Thank you. Sounds good. All right, there goes Jordan Foote, Deputy Editor, Arrowhead Report, and also uh, our Royals insider, one of them. We'll talk some Royals as spring training kicks off uh, here in the next couple of days. Also kicking off here shortly, about an hour and a half, 
is happy hour, Twin Peaks. And nobody does that like Twin Peaks. East 21st and Rock, West Ridge and Taft, whatever your preference. They have everything from tequila cocktails to an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails, too. Round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. Don't forget about the 29-degree man-sized drafts. And we know you're a fan of Twin Peaks, so sign up for the E-Club. Stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks and score some free stuff, too. Just go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club and get started today. It's 124. Ask the host. Next. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from CanEquip. Choose from Case IH Cedars, Tillage Tools, and more. Plus, five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. CanEquip, CanEquip, you. Never be a victim and become an asset to the Wichita community with training from the Rainier Arms Firearms Academy. They offer a great selection of firearms to fit all your needs, competitive pricing on ammo, and an on-site experienced gunsmith. Come by the state-of-the-art indoor shooting facility and sign up to join our Rainier family for discounted products and so much more. Come by the Rainier Arms Firearms Academy and mention ESPN Wichita to receive a free range pass. Since 1933, Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families. From employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year-long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with another great deal on Miller Lite 16-ounce 24-pack cans, just $27.99. And don't forget about Seagram 7 1.75 liters, only $18.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the Wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Tonight, Kansas State faces Oklahoma. Hear the tip-off tonight at 8, right here on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, 
My thanks to Jordan Foote joining us earlier, as he does every Tuesday. If you missed that interview, you can listen to it on the podcast, ESPNWichita.com. Jack has them up shortly after the Pulse, which, by the way, comes your way here in 34 minutes from now with Pat Strothman. He's back in town getting settled in. So we'll have a little crosstalk with him during I'm old Jack Young here in just a little bit. But right now, it is time for Ask the Host. It's a little bit of trivia-ish and uh, walk down memory lane kind of, sort of. Uh, we like that. We like What a Moment. We like Ask the Host. We like I'm old Jack Young. Try to have a little fun on the show in addition to informing and entertaining. But uh, this will make you smarter. Ask the Host. So listen up. Jack, take it away. All righty, Shane. Question number one. Let's start it off easy here. Who has the most <laughs> career stolen bases in a single season in Major League Baseball history? Uh, Ricky Henderson was uh, with 130. That would be correct. Ricky Henderson is still and probably will always hold that record. Always. Of been, 130 yeah. stolen bases in one Major League season. Question number two. Who has the most career games in a season? Or complete, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Who has the most career complete games in a single season in Major League Baseball history? Oh, boy, let me, uh, are we talking modern era or ever? Ever. Oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be somebody like old Haas Radborn or Cy Young or Christy Mathewson or one of those guys that played in black and white. Um, um, I guess I'll default to uh, Cy Young. The correct answer is Pud Galvin. Pud Galvin. Uh-huh. Who had 75 <laughs> complete games, uh, which is, again, going to be a record that is never broken again Think in about Major that for a second. He had 75 complete games in one year. That is correct. You can't even start 40 <laughs> games now, and he completed 35 more than you can't start now. I'd have so, to go back and double-check of who led the league in complete games this year. My guess is, oh, well. Scherzer, maybe? I don't know if it was Scherzer. Um, how many? How many do you think it was? Three, four, three or four? Yeah, maybe yeah. five. If we're really pushing the limit there, yeah. but five seventy-five of, for Pud Galvin. Seventy, freaking five. <laughs> question number three. Let me ask you a question before you ask question okay. number three. How many complete games do you think I could have had in eighteen eighty-six or whenever Pud Galvin had seventy-five? Oh, I mean, if you were pumping the, the low 90s, I, I think you could have. As long as you stayed healthy, you probably could have stayed. They just would have left you in there because you would have been able to strike out everybody on three pitches. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But, yeah, I think if I pitched in 1885 with the stuff that I had when I was 24. It'd be impossible to hit. I'd have at least 15 complete games. I, I'll, I'll lowball myself. Oh, and say 15. 15. I, I'd say closer to 30 or 35. Okay. Thanks. Question number three. Who has the most career perfect games in Major League Baseball history? Oh, wow. Hint, this guy has only done it twice. That's 
that's a really under the radar, really cool question. This guy had two com- uh, two two perfect, perfect games. games. Mm-hmm. He's an old guy, right? Yes, played in the era of I would say mid nineties to late two thousands, early twenty tens. Wait, that's not old. I'm talking about Pud Galvin. Oh no, not not that old. No, he's very much modern era. This guy has two complete games, and I can't think of who. Two it perfect is. games. Or yeah, complete games. I keep wanting to say that. Not Roy Halladay. That would be correct. Huh? Roy Halladay had two perfect games, and you know what? I, I probably would go on record to say this is kind of. Are a, we a sure fun, about this? I, this is what it's telling me. I know he's got one for a fact. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was two. Boy, I think we would all remember it if he had two. But they, the only thing I would say them, the sporting blog quiz. As if they're counting, if they accidentally counted his no-hitter in the postseason as a perfect game. Right. That would right. be my only guess. But also now that begs the question, is he the only pitcher in baseball history with a perfect game and a no-hitter? At least modern era. You know, right. And that's the other thing, too. Like, those old-timers that are completing every game, I, I'm surprised they're not littering the record book with no-hitters like Nolan Ryan had. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, and which goes to show you that they obviously didn't throw that hard, but I don't want to get into that either. But, yeah, uh, Roy Halladay. Yeah, you. so this this one will give you your points back here. I just looked it up. So they're definitely counting his no-hitter as a perfect game on accident. His oh, only okay. perfect game was May 29th, 2010 in Florida against the Marlins. Okay. And then had the no-hitter, which we played on what a moment against the Cincinnati Reds. So I'll give you your points back there. Yeah. Maybe they flubbed it up and said the only pitcher – or the, the who has the most perfect games and no hitters, but again, I I don't know. Uh, that's just a wrong answer. So now, well, treading Nolan, lightly. Nolan never had a perfect game, so we're safe no. there, you know. And I did uh, did Sandy Kof. I think Sandy Koufax had a perfect game mixed in with his no hitters. I'm gonna look up who has thrown a perfect game. You have. Uh, you have Lee Richmond, John Montgomery Ward. Those are both in the 1800s. You had Cy Young, Addie Joss, Charlie Robertson, Don Larson, Jim Bunning, Sandy Koufax, September 9th, 1965. Uh, Catfish Hunter, Len Barker, Mike Witt, Tom Browning, Dennis Martinez, Kenny Rogers, David Wells, David Cohn, Randy Johnson, Mark Burley, Dallas Braden. Well, Randy Johnson's got multiple no-nos with a perfecto mix-in, so he'd be yes. in that category too. Yeah. Uh, Roy Halladay, Philip Umber, former Royal great. Former Royal great. Matt Cain, Felix Hernandez, and he was the last to do it in 2012. So I would say then Randy Johnson adds to that list, so yeah, he would surpass yeah. um, Roy Halladay then. Uh, weird question, but that's okay. We don't mind. Yeah, they, they screwed you over there, giving you the, the wrong answer. Question yeah. number five. Which baseball legend was known as the Yankee Clipper? Uh, Joe DiMaggio. There you go. Joe DiMaggio was known as the Yankee Clipper. Question number six, was it? Or did I just say five? Yeah, no, yeah question that, number this, six. This is six, yeah. Who has the most career walks in a single season in Major League Baseball history? 
Uh, Got to be Barry Bonds, doesn't it? Barry Bonds with 232 walks. Good Lord. In a single season. Sticking on single season records, question number seven. Who has the most career hits in a single season in Major League Baseball history? Ichiro Suzuki. With 262 hits. <laughs> uh, that probably will not be broken if I had to I make agree. it. To make agree. a guess. Uh, question number eight. Who has the most career saves in Major League Baseball history? Man, Trevor Hoffman's sticking in my head. Uh, I'll say Hoffy. I'll say Hoffman. The correct answer with 652 career saves is Mariano Rivera. Ah, crap. You were right in the ballpark For some there. reason, that why? I don't know. That was idiotic. Next. Okay, question number nine. I'm going to give you a true or false question here. Yeah, okay. Of the capacity of Tropicana Field, is it, or let's just go, the capacity of Tropicana Field is less than 30,000 people, true or false? I'm going to say false. The capacity of Tropicana Field is 25,025 people. How'd they ever get a stadium then? It is a fantastic question. That's mind-boggling right there. Yeah, I (laughs) can't even fill 25K. Wow. They average about eight or nine. Right. Wow. I think I want to give you, or here, no, we'll not do true or false here. So just a flat-out question to wrap up our, what or not what a moment, excuse me, ask the host. Uh-huh. Who has the largest baseball stadium in Major League Baseball per this quiz? <laughs> so <laughs> it's qualifying it. <laughs> yeah. Of, of uh, current stadiums? Not of, ever, of right? Of current stadiums, yes. Biggest yard. Um, by, by seating capacity, not yeah. dimensions. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one shocks me a little bit, so I'd be impressed. Okay, okay, so that's kind of a cool hint because I was getting ready to say Yankee Stadium, so but so I won't now. How how about uh, whatever they call where the Giants play? I'll go with that. Oracle Park. Is forty one thousand nine hundred fifteen, which is fifteen thousand less yeah, seats that's not than this close. one. Some place holds fifty six thousand. That is, that is what correct. Fifty six on the dot. Um. Uh, all right. My final answer will be the where the Braves play. I'll go with that. I believe, because they had a, a rename here, the Atlanta Braves. Well, this one has it as SunTrust, but that was 41K. It's, some, it's uh, something other than SunTrust. Sun it Trust is something was, else, yeah. So I think they added a couple more, but it's still not bigger than Dodger Stadium, which oh. holds 56K. Isn't that a little bit shocking to you? I suppose. Yeah. I've yeah, been there, and it does so. not feel 56K big. I think it's because they jam-pack all the seats together. Yeah. Like there's not really a shortage of of seats. There's not a lot of space there. But 56k for Dodger Stadium, 52 325 for Yankee Stadium. Coors Field is 50 
1,445. And I think those are the only three that are north of 50,000 wow. in capacity. But, yeah, the smallest stadium is Tropicana, which is 31,000 less seats than Dodger Stadium. You know, I think when the Indians played at uh, Municipal Stadium back – That had to be huge. Jacobs Field, I think it was cavernous. I think it was like 60 or 70, yeah. All right, there you go. That was fun. Ask the host. It is 140. Coming up next – I'm Old Jack Young. It's brought to you by Enhanced Wellness of Derby. can make you feel young again with their testosterone optimization program. Enhanced Wellness, locally owned and operated, and you can find them at enhancedwellnessderby.com or call or text 644-2800 at 644-2800, Enhanced Wellness of Derby. Next. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show. On ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022 Case IH equipment from Canequip. Axial flow combines and headers, early riser planters, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit Can Equip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Can Equip, Can Equip you. You already know Eaton Roofing and Exteriors does roof repairs. It's right there in our name. But have you thought about what comes after the and? Exteriors. Eaton offers high-quality windows, doors, siding, and decks. Eaton Roofing and Exteriors. Here for the life of your home. Call 316-943-0600 or visit eatonroofing.com. Your hometown roofing company. If you're a diehard Wichita State fan, show your support by enjoying a new-look, new-taste Wushock Wheat, the official beer of the Shockers. This American wheat ale brewed by Wichita Brewing Company features a light body, clean palate, and a hint of bright citrus. It's the perfect beer to throw down while celebrating a buzzer-beating three, a monstrous walk-off home run, and everything in between. Plus, a portion of all sales supports Wichita State University. So show your love for the yellow and black with a Wushock Wheat by Wichita Brewing Company. Must be 21 or older to enjoy. Are you considering a remodeling project for your home? While many remodeling companies come and go, more than 20,000 extremely satisfied customers have chosen Southwestern Remodeling over the course of nearly 50 years in business. We believe the reason for our longevity and proven success stems from our processes that consistently drive excellence. From the initial in-home consultation into the design process and through product and finish selection, you are accompanied by one of our project consultants assisting in every step along the way. 
Once construction begins, your consultant will stay involved in supporting our dedicated field staff of 32 true employee craftsmen through the process of turning your remodeling dream into a reality. If you're ready to experience the difference a truly professional firm with nearly five decades spent perfecting a truly unique process brings to the table, we would love the opportunity to become a part of your remodeling transformation. Give the Southwestern Remodeling Team a call at 263-1239. Stop by our showroom at 134 North Elizabeth or view our project galleries online at southwesternremodeling.com. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I, I told y'all before the season, we got, we got Coach Andy Reid. We got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Reid, there's some reports out there that you might retire. I think I'm going to hang around. Uh, I'm not going to say dynasty yet. We're not done. So I'm not going to say dynasty yet. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. have a good chance. You, you'll know who he is if I tell you the name, if you don't guess it. Pat, do you think we've had this guy before? I think so. Pretty sure. Is he from America? Yes, unless he's Canadian. I think he's Canadian. I, I guess I should have clarified According to, according to the research, he's from Canada. Supposedly. Isn't Sean Mendez from Canada? He is. It is not Sean Mendez. It's, it's not Sean Mendez. Otherwise, it's not Sean Mendez. Not even close. All right, that's enough. A simple no would suffice. <laughs> uh, so it's not Brian Adams. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> we are all dumber. This guy performed at the Super Bowl not too long ago. Yeah, you should know this guy. Not the weekend. Yes, it is. Oh, there you go. I had faith. (laughs) I didn't exactly get it. Cheated. That was a big time hit. Yeah. Yeah, the pretty good singer. I liked that Super Bowl halftime show, and I think I was in the vast minority. For the I weekend. did, too. I was just sad. Yeah. I liked the weekend a lot. I actually had tickets to his concert, and then they got canceled last year. And I don't think it got rescheduled. So Poor listen, Jack. Listen, got a what, what is he get, what, how is he going to recover by only going to Matchbox 20? Fallout Boy Fallout again. Boy. Fallout Boy. Going to Shania poor Twain, guy. All-American Shania Rejects. Shania Twain. Yeah, poor guy. Concert poor junkie, Jack. Man. 
I love my concerts. But the weekend, I was on my bucket list, man. It's a different environment than Matchbox 20. I wonder how good the weekend is live. I always wonder. I heard that. it was really good. I'm assuming never know. he would be, but I don't know. I got a question for you both because I'm confident you both, either one or both, will know. Why is uh, Daniel Craig a meme that says, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend and shrugs? I, I know it's, it's on week- Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but. When he was why introducing. Did he, why did he introduce him like that? Does I, anybody know I, that? I, you need to follow this Twitter account. It's actually really funny. It's called SNL Host Introducing uh-huh. Bands, and it's just five-second clips of every possible host you could imagine and the uh-huh. way they'd introduce certain bands. And Daniel Craig, I think, just went with that tone in his voice, and people ran with it now because it's just what you tweet out on a Friday. It's like he's like relieved. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And everybody's like, ah, it's exactly he, how I but feel. But he didn't say it like... Ladies and gentlemen, here's a band. Here's a guy that I didn't know existed. So I'm just going to shrug and be like, I guess this <laughs> is that, the weekend. And that could be true too, for yeah. that matter. See, that's what I think that. Was. I wonder how many hosts like actually have no idea who they're introducing. I mean, I'm sure they go through rehearsals and stuff, but there's got to right. be some that are like, I have no idea who this is, especially 20, now. Twenty percent. I'll say twenty percent don't have any any idea who. They how are. would you introduce Nickelback, Pat, if you were a host on SNL? Ladies and gentlemen, Nickelback. See, nobody introduces a band like that. They're not going to go that far overboard. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst music, <laughs> the worst musical experience. Look at this you're going band. To have in your life. Look at this band, Nickelback. That was how I would introduce it. Where's Uncle Cracker, by the way? I was I'll waiting until we were done with the conversation. I'll, oh, okay. I'll introduce him uh, as Pat. Ladies and gentlemen. If you're watching on TV, you can go to the bathroom now, or you can go to the kitchen now. And for those of you in the studio audience, bless your hearts, it's Nickelback. How mad would you have to be if you were Chad Kroger, lead singer of Nickelback? Because there's nothing you can do. You have to start performing. Like They they have full power to bomb you. You know that some hosts have gone off script. Of course. Oh, yeah. Introduce them. If I was in that situation and I find out, Oh, I'm introducing Nickelback? Okay. Read the teleprompter. No, I will not. Prepare will for not a fight backstage. Those dudes knew how to fight. Know how to fight. You think Charles Barkley realized when he was introducing Nirvana? Had to, They were, I feel like, of their time. Even if you didn't listen to their music, you would know who Nirvana was. Okay. That would be me introducing Nirvana. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're at home... <laughs> Uh, you got six minutes where you can do something else, and these guys suck. It's Nirvana. That should be a Twitter question this week. If you were a host on SNL, which band would you not would want you to, introduce? to introduce? Refuse yeah. to introduce. Yeah, but then I'd have to come up with four. I could help you. I mean, we have to put Nickelback in there because Pat. I yes. hate Florida Georgia Line. I'll throw them in there. Yeah, you throw in Nirvana. Yeah, and we'll maybe need a write-in for the fourth one. A band people just despise. Spice Girls? That's aging myself. Yeah. Uh, who else is a polarizing band? Oh, Creed. Oh, yeah. Creed's polarizing. But do they have a, a, a hate fan base? Like I think they do. Not quite like Nickelback, but I think they no. do. It's weird that like Creed but hate Nickelback. Yes. Yeah, it's that's, weird. that is a little weird. Yes. It's a little weird. I don't think you can like one and hate the other. See, it is a little weird. It, I think it has to be a band that you either have a obsessive love for or it's a 
burning hatred. There's no in-between with Nickelback. I've never heard one person go, oh, I like a couple of their songs, but I really don't like the rest. It's usually, I love every song Nickelback has, or I right. hate every song yep. Nickelback has. Fair. Mm-hmm. I also like Creek. Can you take me care. higher? I don't care who knows it. Today's February 14th. One of my favorite relievers was born on this day. He's now 38 years old. Uh, I just gave it away. Tyler Clippard. <laughs> Jack Man, he, Tyler he was Clippard. a tough. Well, he was also on the 2017 WBC American team, U.S., uh, had it was pitching when Adam Jones robbed the home run, but that was the one time reliever. Yep. two weeks ago. Yeah, Rex Specs. Yes, always one of the. Wait, we both talked about that. We both wanted the Royals to get Tyler Clipper. Yes, a couple of different times back when he was good. The knock kneed, change up, slinging. Wasn't that Rex Cleveland Specs bullpen for years? Tyler Clipper and the Nationals. He played for about seven teams. Richard Hamilton, fifty. Five. Whoa. No, forty-five. Okay, I was gonna say that's was rip. Like, man, is he, he's not that he's, he's, he's already fifty-five. Man, <laughs> I even yeah. felt old. Yeah, my math math skills failed me there. Same day, same year. Darius Sangaila. Ooh. Should I know this one? I think um he. I don't want to give it away, but apparently you don't know it. Um. Big Four, born in Lithuania. Basketball, then? Yes. Right. Former Wake Forest, great. And I don't know what he did in the NBA, but he certainly didn't have the, the career Rip Hamilton had. So sorry about that. But good, good guess. Everyone wanted to wear one of those masks because of Rip. Guy could play. True. Tyus Edney, 50. Uh, former UCLA Bruin at the game winner against Missouri. Speaking of what a moment. Yeah, gosh, we're nailing him. another Wham guy. Same day, same year, but dead. Steve McNair. Former great quarterback. Would have been 50 today, right? Would have been 50 today, yeah. Former Titan. I like me some Steve McNair. He was snuffed out in 2009, 14 years ago. Man. Wow. 51 and still alive, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, former uh, Patriot was the guy before Brady, then got hurt. Mm. I think I heard someone ask former the Jet, question, if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, are we still talking about Tom Brady the way that we are today? And the answer has got to be yes, right? Tom Brady was going to somehow, Ooh. some way, see the field. What, well, what year if did... he went to a different team, though? Think he'd get traded? Be... Well, I... How many more years did Bledsoe have on his contract? He played for the Cowboys for a little while. Right. He played for the... I was wondering how many years he had when he went down. And then Tom Brady stepped in. I don't know if it was peak Drew Bledsoe, but he's still fine. Of course. So Right. Anyways. I think they would have had to make a decision with, with Brady for him to be even close to as great as he was. Sure. But I mean, I still think, I don't know if we, you know, how many Super Bowls he won. Maybe that would be changed a little bit. But it is interesting. He ain't winning seven. He ain't winning well, seven, no. I don't think. I nope. think they would have been moving on with him rather quick. He was 28. He went 5-11 and 11 the year before he got hurt, then was 0-2 when he got hurt. So so maybe they weren't too far away from Tom Brady after yeah. all? Yeah. Okay. Fair. They had a winning season since 98 with him. Yeah. Well, 
See, I, I think it's an interesting question in the what ifs. I would knock a couple of Super Bowls off there for sure, but who knows? Yeah. He's, a, he's a wizard. Um, Kelly Stanett, 53. Big four? Yeah. Football? No. Dang. Kelly Stanett, Pat? Stanett? Yeah, he's 53 years old. Baseball. He was born in Lawton, Oklahoma. Yeah! For Mets catcher. Yeah. It's over. So, uh, so many. Jim Kelly, 63. You took too long. Dave Dravecki. This is what happens when you give Nickelback extended airtime. Then we started talking about Saturday Night Live. I had to ask. I had to open my mouth and ask about the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. All right, that's that show, but another good one's coming up. So for Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. Stick around. Pulse is next.